Welcome, Mistorians. Host Austin Heave She and host Brenda She Her have been waiting for you. Come along for Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries. Welcome to episode 98 of Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries. My name is host Brenda. My name's host Austin. It's cold now. It's officially <laughs> cold now. I, like it's been 50 degrees Fahrenheit yeah. this whole winter. Now it's cold. I had a friend that was in Florida for Christmassy family and it was warmer mm-hmm. here that whole week than in Florida. <laughs> Which is <laughs> Good Lord. just deranged because it wasn't. It wasn't like it was hot here, so I was like, "Hello." Yeah, I love it when people like go to like Disney around Christmas, and you'll see them on TikTok, and they're like, "I'm freezing," and they're like in shorts, and yeah. it's like, "Yeah, it gets cold." Yeah, <laughs> it's it really cold. It, it it is one of those things you don't think about because, like, I think people mm-hmm. think like Florida's warm, but to my understanding, the part of Florida that's warm is like you got to go really down. The middle gets hot in the summer; like, it gets to be like about like. 100 some odd degrees mm-hmm. which is really also what it gets up here mm-hmm. around that time yeah. it doesn't snow but it gets cold and it's also wet yeah opal it gets really wet in florida <laughs> like it's humid all the time and it rains at four o'clock every day so it's like not only is it cold it's wet <laughs> i go to big bad con which is a game industry convention in san diego california but it's like around October. And so leaving October in Michigan is very different to get there. You know, like I leave Michigan, I'm like in a sweater and I land there and I'm like, just like drop kicked in the chest. But then everyone there is wearing a sweater and I'm like, dog, aren't you hot? It's like 68 and sunny. They're like, no, it's a little breezy. And I'm like, wrong. Incorrect. Like people told me like, oh, bring a sweater, bring pants. It's like, it gets cold here. And I was like, okay. Cause it's, it's the Bay area. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. And it's like, 72 and sunny and i'm like, like no what do, you, what do you think is cold <laughs> and they're wearing like big coats like puffy coats yeah you're and like, it's like you excuse okay? me it's also like in arizona that's funny too because they you can't buy a swimsuit <laughs> at like target in arizona all year round they have swimsuits when our target has swimsuits that's and they have coats winter coats when our target has winter coats and yes the desert does get cold and there are some mountains in arizona that get that get snowfall and get cold Mm -hmm. but like phoenix phoenix is in the pits of hell and you go to (laughs) (laughs) what's the um the king of the hill line about um phoenix it's like a testament to man's hubris or something oh yeah 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 like they step out of the car and like they're from texas and they step out of the car and they're just like (gasps) what yeah it's (laughs) It's awful. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, we're going to roll right into our new segment. I have a feeling we're going to be waffling about this for like a chunk of time. So let's get right on into it. News. Okay. So this week I have the news and this week's news topic is that Mickey Mouse has officially entered the public domain and everything has gone to shit. I was like, you might be thinking, (laughs) yeah, I know that. But here, here, listen, listen to us. We, 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 me, Brenda, and I have been complaining about this for, for days. 
there's a couple things I want to preface. First thing is that this news topic does briefly touch on the topic of Nazi dog whistles and symbolism. So it's very brief, but just so you're aware that's going to come up at some point in this Mickey Mouse public domain topic. Mm -hmm. And the other thing I want to say really quick is that we do think the public domain is like a really important thing to have, mm -hmm. but also sometimes people just aren't responsible enough with it. <laughs> <laughs> it's important to have, but should everyone get it? I can't make, I can't, yes. I can't make that choice. Yeah. But I am saying some people play too rough with the toys and it could be bad for everybody. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Especially when it comes to like beloved children's characters entering the public domain. We saw this kind of start to happen last year with Winnie the Pooh, where the original Winnie the Pooh novels, so not even the Disney character, mm -hmm. the original Winnie the Pooh novels by A.A. A. Milne went into the public domain and we got like shitty Winnie the Pooh horror movies. Yeah, it was that, really weird. Ooh. Yeah, it was just like, and I don't think we really saw it. Like, we should have expected it. We should have known from just like what people do that that we should have expected it. And yet we didn't. It kind of came out of left field, Winnie the Pooh horror film. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so now Mickey is in the public domain, but not all of Mickey. And this is what people really need to understand is that it's really just Steamboat Willie. And then Mickey Mouse from Plain Crazy mm -hmm. and the Gallop and Gaucho. So three Mickey Mouse shorts have entered the public domain. Yep. And the the soundtrack for Plain Crazy is not going to enter public domain until 2025. So like it's just the silent version of Plain Crazy, mm -hmm. which Plain Crazy was made around the same time as Steamboat Willie. Steamboat Willie is the first cartoon, I think in general, to have sound. Plain Crazy was actually made before Steamboat Willie, but didn't release until after Steamboat Willie, but it was still silent mm -hmm. for a while until they made the blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of people don't know about Gallop and Gaucho because Mickey Mouse both drinks beer and smokes and smooches Minnie Mouse. I'm yelling. <laughs> want to talk about things yeah. Disney's buried. I know. It's like, it's not really... It's not really that bad. He rides around on an ostrich, which is funny. He's got this cool scarf. He's a really cool iteration of Mickey Mouse, but like the company's like, um, yeah, he smokes a cigarette. <laughs> this is a company that has painstakingly photoshopped out every single instance of Walt Disney smoking from their Walt Disney <laughs> which exhibit. Is, which is just deranged <laughs> behavior. Like, you, you think I don't think this adult man in like the fucking 50s and 60s was smoking like a chimney? Yeah, it, it is what killed him. Like, <laughs> so you go into these exhibits and you just see like a picture of Walt Disney. He's got his hand kind of like, you know, like that smoker's yeah, pose like, with the two like fingers. Yeah, like he should have a then, cigarette. They don't think that looks weird. Yeah, it's so weird. I saw a TikTok of someone going around and just pointing out every instance. Oh, a cigarette should be there. And his hands are all like fucked up. But oh anyway, <laughs> then you have. Sorry, I just have to. Because then you have you go to the fucking Ghibli Museum and they're like. Here's a recreation of Miyazaki's desk. Here's a mountain of cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> that man is always smoking to this day. So Mickey Mouse, he's in the public domain. Quick mention, House on Pooh Corner by A.A. A. Milne, mm -hmm. which is the first appearance of the character Tigger. Mm -hmm. And the first novelization for Peter Pan have also entered public domain. In case anybody cares, but no one's talking <laughs> about that. <laughs> You can't use any Mickey Mouse in your projects. That That's the first thing I want to say. It has to be a very specific depiction of Mickey Mouse from those three shorts and their coinciding posters. So you can't have like Mickey Mouse's modern day voice be like, ha ha, yeah. you know, that didn't exist. Mickey Mouse was this feral screaming creature. He was like, ah! <laughs> like, that's, that's the kind of sounds he used to make. 
there's like posters that do have him in his red shorts. Can yeah. you get away with it? I don't know. I wouldn't try. I, I can't know. It's like, do you, you want to risk because it? Because I promise, even if, even let's say technically legally, you could, as long as he also doesn't have the gloves or something, right? Let's say mm-hmm. you could. I promise you yeah. that you will be so buried in legal paperwork for the rest of your life <laughs> from the Walt Disney Corporation <laughs> that it will not be worth your time. That's the whole thing, like, with it is that because, like, the entire, like, iteration of the character is not available to be used you get you can have a situation like with like sherlock holmes from multiple types of media but i think the most famous one is the ace attorney appearance of sherlock holmes when it was localized in the united states had to be changed to herlock Holmes (laughs) (laughs) because certain if if what is it if sherlock shows emotions yeah it's like the sherlock with emotions is still copyrighted because he didn't it's like the emotionless it's like the boring Sherlock. The Sherlock you don't think of. Mm-hmm. It's not like you think of Sherlock Holmes. That's not the one you can use. It's the one that you never think of. That is. Exactly. That is very yeah, old so and forgotten. <laughs> so it's the same thing with like Mickey. You have to use a very specific iteration of Mickey. And it's like, can you get away with it? Will Disney let you get away with it? Yeah. So then we kind of like pivot into projects that have been announced <laughs> Yeah, they're all almost all of them bad. I did collect a couple good ideas and like good potential Mm -hmm. projects that might be coming out just so we have a balance. But first, let's talk about the shit. (laughs) okay? (laughs) so there's not one, but two Mickey Mouse horror flicks. Oh, wow. I just have been announced one. There are two. One is Mickey's Mousetrap and the other one is an unnamed Steamboat Willie horror film in which the character will be referred to as Steamboat Willie. So I guess at least they're being careful. Yeah, I I think calling it Mickey's Mousetrap is like you're playing with fire you really are and it's like okay it doesn't even really make sense like why the biggest why is going to be for the game infestation origins and this is where the the nazi shit comes in because initially infestation origins was called infestation 88 Mm -hmm. and 88 is a common neo-nazi symbol Mm -hmm. because h is the eighth letter of the alphabet (laughs) and hh is short for you can kind of you know you know Mm -hmm. if you don't know figure it out (laughs) um and rats are often used in nazi imagery Mm -hmm. to depict jewish people so it's like hey how how could they not know like this the the creators came out and changed the name to infestation origins but it's like how could you not know like they were like oh the game takes place in the 80s why yeah why does it take place in the 80s this is a franchise from the 30s why the character you can use is, is not from the 80s arguably no no, so why the why is it why? Like yeah. <laughs> please explain. Yeah, I mean, to me. it's you know, they said it's not that fine, whatever. But it's like it's like too many coincidences at once. Mhm. But they said it's not that. Regardless, it's a bad idea. <laughs> it's a bad idea. And also like there was some criticism for the game just being like one a quick cash grab, which yes. 100% it is. It's literally just like an asset flip they're literally just buying assets from like whatever engine they're using so like the unreal store or the i don't know what engine Mm -hmm. but whatever gaming engine they're using they're just buying assets from the store and like throwing it into their game and it just overall just feels very lazy you can make a good mickey mouse Mm -hmm. horror thing and it's already been done without the help of the public (laughs) domain The first one I can think of is one of the earliest Five Nights at Freddy's fan games, which was called Five Nights at Treasure Island. Mm -hmm. This was based on a creepypasta called Abandoned by Disney, where a guy goes into 
in a, a supposedly abandoned Disney resort mm-hmm. and finds a photo negative Mickey costume that comes alive and tries to kill him. Like that's the whole premise. And mm-hmm. it's like, okay, it's silly, but the game works as like a five nights at Freddy's clone. Mm-hmm. It, it has like, it's some of its own original aspects. Mm-hmm. The other one I'm going to say is fucking Bendy in the ink machine. Oh yeah. <laughs> Bendy in the ink machine is literally, it's about, an abandoned animation studio that was once owned by a stand-in for Walt Disney. Mm -hmm. And this man didn't want to pay animators so much. He hated his animators so much that he decided he needed to make cartoon characters real. (laughs) That's the plot. And it's like, okay, that's like a, it it, it is just Walt Disney. Like literally like the Bendy people got dinged on by Disney because they Mm -hmm. had three stripes on Bendy's gloves and they had to change it to two stripes. (laughs) Disney was like, no, 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 no. Other people are like, oh, you know, but I, they're like, even if the stuff is a cash grab, I like knowing that it's making Disney miserable and something can do. Wrong. I promise you they can do something and are talking about it. Their go-to generally is to just ignore it. (laughs) If you annoy them enough, they will do something. I promise. Yeah, but there's that whole like horror movie called Escape from Tomorrow, which was like, we filmed it in the park. It's so edgy. It's so shitty. And Disney did not mention a thing about it. They just ignored it and it went away because it was bad. The quality showed that it was shit and it just disappeared from all existence. I am not here to try and protect the Walt Disney Corporation or Mickey Mouse. They can do that themselves very easily. (laughs) Yeah, they have the money. and (laughs) I am here to say... There could, there's like cooler, better things that can be done with public domain happening. Mm-hmm. And it, it's like frustrating that when the year rolls over, and because it's been happening recently, because a lot of these big IPs that got started around the same time are all coming in, because that's how it works. Yeah. And it's been frustrating that like the first things you see are like these cash grabs. And then like everyone's all like, ooh, I can't, w-. you know, they get all this excitement and hype. And it's just like, I wish we could also just ignore it i don't know and you can like i can like i i mostly do and wait for it to come out and like wait yeah. till i can see some, like the winnie the pooh horror movie for example i was <laughs> like i don't know and then like the trailer came out and i was like this feels like a red box movie that is yeah. get, only getting this attention because they were the first ones to be like we made a fucked up winnie the pooh and that was boring me <laughs> i say same thing like we made a mm-hmm. fucked up superman boring i don't care boring move on please boring always boring it's just boring like it's not clever and then it's like the sad thing is like we didn't really see any i didn't personally didn't see anything like particularly like super creative to come out of Mm. winnie the pooh being in the public domain and i think there is like a lot of stuff that you can do there with just like the characters from the books like create your own versions of them it's so wild i did find so like a couple ideas for what to do with mickey that i'm pretty optimistic about the first one is from comic book writer daniel barnes who's currently working on Scrapnik Island, which is a Sonic spinoff comic. This is a detective noir story <laughs> where Mickey Mouse teams up with Felix the Cat, who's been in the public domain for a long time. Long time. Did you remember long Felix time. the Cat? You probably didn't. You you can make a Felix yeah. the Cat comic. <laughs> Felix the Cat, the wonderful, wonderful cat. I think that's how his theme song goes. <laughs> Felix the Cat. Wonderful, wonderful cat. Whenever he gets in a fix, he reaches into his bag of tricks. <laughs> One of our listeners, Josh, suggested an epic Steamboat Willie Moby Dick story. Mm. Um, and Josh, if you're listening, that would look very cool in your art style because Josh has this beautiful painterly art style that would look really sick. <laughs> and lastly, there's a video game which was like announced a while ago, and mm-hmm. it's not expressly Steamboat 
willy mm-hmm. it's it wasn't made because of this coming into the public domain it was already in progress mm. but it's like a first person shooter in the um rubber hose style oh, okay yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah just involving like kind of like some vaguely mickey mouse-esque characters mm-hmm. but that game wasn't made to they were going to release it regardless of whether or not mickey mouse went into the public domain mm. and now they'll probably just have an easier time not getting dinged by disney mm-hmm. for it so yeah that's it the public domain is good and necessary to have but i think what's happened is that like because so few things have been going into the public domain, mm-hmm. we as like a culture have gotten really good at creating our own things yeah. adjacent to things we enjoy. Yeah. So I think like a, a good example would be like, you know, like House, the show with the, the bad doctor. Oh, yeah. It's essentially a Sherlock Holmes doctor. Yeah, it's just like, you know, a, like, it's just like a Sherlock fanfic. You can. I'm not a Sherlock person, personally. The people who, <laughs> people who are who have like read the books are like, yeah. Sure, it's just Sherlock. They they like break it down like which characters who like it's literally just Sherlock. It's the this is yeah. this Sherlock case. This is this Sherlock case. I think it's good to be like you. You can't you being a like company cannot own this forever. Mm-hmm. If the person who made it is no longer here, yes, we won't get in public domains a whole thing. It's essentially how it goes. <laughs> the person who made it is no longer here and has not been here for a long enough time to go. This belongs to the people now. I think that's good, but I do think it's just like. Sadly, it feels like it becomes a cash grab that and the thing that bums me out about that is like cash grabs can only happen if you already have cash. Yeah. Like you like you and I can't I, I can't do a cash grab because I don't have the capital to put up to like do a cash grab or it's some by people mm-hmm. who can convince a bank that they should be able to do it, which is typically a, a white guy. I don't know who's behind these projects. Let me say that right now. I haven't looked into <laughs> each person behind each project, but historically, statistically speaking, a straight cis white man can walk into almost any bank or production company and say hey i know how we can get rich right now and we can make this mickey move like that's it you know yeah i don't have the white male audacity to run out and just make a full full length feature film (laughs) that is at best okay i don't know about this mickey one but judging from the winnie the pooh one and it feels the same energy at most okay one they gave him a red sweater which was ballsy because you can't that's not right yeah They're lucky Disney decided just to ignore it because they would have gotten got for that one. But it's like all these these Mickey Mouse masks that they're using in like, especially in Mickey's Mousetrap. Mm-hmm. It looks so stupid. Yeah. Why? He's a little boat man. Why is he killing people? He's a boat guy. He drives a boat. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the news. That's the news. No more boats. There might be boats. I don't know if I might be like, I, it's not my topic. We'll be right back <laughs> for our main segment. Hallelujah. Hello. Welcome, everyone. Step right up. We're going to heal you. We are the healers, Ross and Carrie. Yes, yes. You there. You look like you're upset. Come up here. Yes, you are healed because you've listened to our podcast. Yes. Have you been having trouble with demons? Are you sleeping too much? Too little? Just right? We have the solution. It is to listen to Oh Oh No, No, Ross Ross and and Carrie. A show where we examine unusual claims. We show up so you don't have to. Find us on MaximumFun.org. We won't actually heal you. Topic of the week. Okay, I sent you a little tease tease, Brenda. 
And I need to know if you knew what it was. So I didn't know what it was. Okay. I my my first thought was, is this a character from Penelope Pit Stop? And then I looked at her a little closer. Okay, so to describe the image Austin sent is this woman in a red racing helmet, and she's got glasses and red, like orange red hair. Yeah. The one you all saw on the lovely internet. So I puzzled and I'm like, it it looks a little too detailed to be Hanna-Barbera. I'm like, is it Ruby Spears or oh. Filmation? So I couldn't quite figure it mm. out. So I'm pretty excited to, to learn today. So in 1968, a little known company called Mattel put out a new line of toy. Oh, uh-huh. And that toy was Hot Wheels. They were die-cast metal cars. If you don't know what Hot Wheels are... I was going to say were, like they're not around still. (laughs) If you you don't remember the Hot Wheels of yore. When you listen to this in 200 years, if you don't remember what Hot Wheels were. Just think about like those TikToks where like the guy's like, do you remember this thing? (laughs) You're cool if you remembered Hot Wheels. Like, Do do you remember Legend of the Hidden Temple? Yes. Yes, everyone does. Everybody does. I'm sorry. (laughs) And everyone's like, oh my God, I remember this. I feel so special. Listen, you know what? (laughs) I can't hate the hustle. Hot Wheels are die cast metal cars that were primarily, when they first made, aimed at young boys to compete with Matchbox cars. This was made by Elliot Handler, who is the husband of Ruth Handler, who I feel like more people know Ruth than Elliot. Yeah, Um, I think so. But Elliot Handler was also part of Mattel. Let's really quick explain Ruth Handler, for in case people don't know, um, is the creator of Barbie. If you didn't see the Barbie movie. <laughs> if you didn't see the fucking Barbie movie. <laughs> Ruth Handler is the creator of Barbie and arguably the like the force but that made Mattel into Mattel. The queen of tax evasion. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Elliot found their young son playing with Matchbox cars and like any business mogul, he went, I can make something better. <laughs> He like pointed at his son like, you traitor. <laughs> it just has real fucking Mike Eisner energy. Like yeah. he sees his son doing something and he's like, Disney can make that. What's his son's? His son has like, it's like Brant or something yeah. like that. He's like, how dare you go to another theme park? You will like my theme park. I will make you like my, I will put things in my theme park that you will like. Van, is it Van? Listen, hey. The inner the energy always works. Elliot's like, we gotta make we gotta make some fucking cars, cause this ain't it. Not in my house. <laughs> hot wheels were originally meant to be like hot rod and like fantastical, like the proportions were weird. They weren't they weren't like cars you would see that'd be like functional in the world. At this time, mm-hmm. it was like, what would be a cool car? What if it had flames on it? Like that's where that shit came from. Interesting enough, Elliot was an engineer and he had another engineer help him design the first line of cars. So they were designed by engineers for like, how would a car like this look? They wanted to make sure these cars sold well. Again, these are, it's a new line going up against established Matchbox cars. They need something hot. They need something hot the same way they need something hot for Chatty Caffey. Like Chatty Caffey sold like, (laughs) like out the wazoo. And Chatty Chatty Caffey, one of the big things was like, it's ad campaign. Chatty Caffey was the first toy i believe to be on national tv for ads dang they they needed something big like that so they gotta call in the guy they gotta call in bernard loomis we'll talk more about him later bernard loomis had a great idea he said fuck ad space let's make a cartoon <laughs> oh so in 1969 the hot wheels cartoon would air and something new was upon the world at this point the precursor the dawn if you will of the cartoon commercial 
Oh, man, they opened a big old can of worms, didn't they? Yeah. So we've talked about Saturday morning cartoons on the show before. We talked about why they had Saturday morning cartoons. This is a little bit about like mm-hmm. how we got Saturday morning cartoons, which is all about the cartoon commercial. Ooh. So before we get talking too much, do you know who Bernard Lu- Loomis is? Brenda, have you heard that name? I, I, I've heard Loomis, but only in the context of the protagonist of the Halloween franchise. <laughs> so please tell me... Tell me what Loomis this is. <laughs> Bernard or Bernie Loomis, he I, I saw both names as I was researching, is like perhaps one of the most influential and iconic toy marketers and developers of the like 20th century that no one's ever heard of. I shouldn't say no one. <laughs> the fact that Brenda hasn't tells me like the rest of you probably haven't. Brenda knows everything. <laughs> <laughs> so Bernard Loomis is like the idea and ad and marketing guy behind like, just to name a few things. Hot Wheels, Chatty Cafe, Strawberry Shortcake, Barbie. Before Loomis was working at Mattel and like came up with ad space, Barbie wasn't Barbie. As we both know, Barbie did not come out the gate with everyone loving her <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> his, probably his biggest claim to fame, though, is he landed the toy deal for a little known franchise called Star Wars. Oh, that's a big one. Every company that he touched throughout his tenure of working in the industry, the years he worked there became the world's largest toy company. Oh my God. Every single one. He worked at Mattel. He worked at the Kenner line for General Mills. He worked at, I want to say Tyco for a little bit. Anywhere he went, biggest toy company in the world. He came there. It was done. Done deal. And in in 1998, he was dubbed by... The industry, the populace, by some offers, as the man who invented Saturday morning. Wow. But again, how did he get that title in 1988? So mm-hmm. we are back to the matter at hand. Um, the Hot Wheels cartoon is bad. Let me just say it right <laughs> now. It's just, it's just not good. And I can, I can demonstrate that for you right now. Oh, a, okay, I'm ready. <laughs> That is that is about the amount I can stand of that clip. It's 10 (laughs) minutes long. That 10 minutes is all I could find of the Hot Wheels cartoon that still exists. History has tried to stamp it (laughs) out of existence. I did watch the whole 10 minutes. You're not missing anything. It is it's arguably bad. The even for the even like people like, oh, it was 1969. Let me tell you, there are other things are being animated at the time that weren't bad. Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo is, okay. is actively happening. Funny enough, one of the voice casts in the Hot Wheels cartoon is the original voice for Shaggy. Casey Kasem. Yeah. I actually went down so many rabbit holes. I was like, I was like, oh yeah, Casey Kasem. I was like, man, wait, I forgot his life got really fucked up at the end. It got really fucked up. Hamity's. Hamity's is his family grocery chain. Mm-hmm. Um, Hamity Brothers, yeah. which isn't around anymore, but in Flint specifically, people refer to paper bags as Hamity sacks. Oh, that's cool. Michigan used to be like the hottest fucking place to come get your entertainment degrees, everybody. Yeah, really. Like, God, we were so cool. Yeah. I mean, Michigan's still Michigan's cool, so but cool. like, holy shit. I'm just saying, like, there's a lot of history here. Even recently, who was it? Oh, God. I think the vo- the English voice for Eureka from America 7 is from Michigan and got their degree <laughs> at Wayne State. Oh, my God. Just saying. Just saying. There's a, there's a lot of history here. Anyway, this cartoon, despite being not good, had some like talent behind it. But like, Casey Kasem was like, you paid for Casey Kasem in the 60s? 
in the 60s when he was like a hot radio DJ? Like, come on. So yeah, it's arguably bad animation. The dialogue is bad. The voice acting isn't bad, but it's like they got like bad direction. But everything I know about the show is from one YouTube video that's 10 minutes long that even says in the note, it's very hard to find. If anyone else has more, please share. <laughs> Which I get it, right? Like Lost I'm media. I'm all for like trying to preserve media. So power, power to those who are trying to find the Hot Wheels cartoon to watch it. It's like, is it is it really worth is it, it? Do you need to find this? It's like, did we really need to find all of the episodes of Out of Jimmy's Head? Yes. Like, that, yes. <laughs> that one? Yes. yes. Are you are you an out of Jimmy's head apologist? I you know what? That's not what this topic's about today, actually. <laughs> I'm going to write that down. I'm going to get to the bottom of whether or not you're an out of Jimmy's head apologist. Because <laughs> like the Hot Wheels cartoon, we know a lot about it. I'm very specifically from the book by David Owens. The book is called The Man Who Invented Saturday. I read quite a bit of it. If you go to internetarchive.org, you can make a free account and you can you can check out this book. Internet Archive is such an important resource and it's currently in peril. Please, please, please look into please, ways to help Please it. help it and use it so that you see that people need to use it. I use it a lot for this show. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's so it's important for this show in particular. Because yeah. this book from 1988, I was, I like couldn't find a, I like my library didn't have one. Internet Archive's like, we have one for free that you can read right now. <laughs> it's like, God bless. But I know a lot about the show from that. The show featured different models of cars from the Hot Wheel line specifically from the 1968-1969 line, which makes sense. They never specifically call the cars Hot Wheels, nor did they ever try to sell Hot Wheels during the show. Mm. They just, like, you, like, they, I don't, I forget the name, but, like, you know the one car that looks like a fucking, like, buggy on the back and the front's just, like, an exposed engine? I feel like that's, like, a classic Hot Wheels look. Yeah, that's a very, yeah, very classic Hot Wheels. Like, that Hot Wheel is, like, in the sh- in the show clip I could find on YouTube. So they're just, like, in the show, they're the cars that they use, and the hero drivers are part of a race club, and they have rivals, as you heard and saw in that clip. And one of them's a girl. One of them's a girl. And so the hero <laughs> drivers are always very safe, and they follow the law. That 10-minute clip I watched, like, they show, like, one of the one of the hero drivers is driving, like, 26 and a 25, and a cop pulls him over, and it's, like, a whole thing where the cops, like, only pucks and beatniks drive these kinds of cars. And they're like, officer, you don't understand. <laughs> you don't understand. I'm advertising a popular children's yeah, toy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the unsafe drivers are their rivals who don't follow road rules and like, drive fast and cheat and stuff. So that's, like, the show. Now, Brenda, you might be wondering, mm-hmm. was this legal? Was this legal? Yes. No. It was deemed not cool. Because they're not paying for any ad time. Remember, at this time... Yeah, they're not. Their ad space is heavily regulated at this time. It still is, <laughs> technically, but with so much being online and, and on cable, the FCC was kind of like, I don't fucking care anymore, which is a problem, but that's a different topic. <laughs> ad time is, like, heavily monitored. And one of Mattel's rivals, Topper Toys, which is no longer a company... But at the time, they were a rival to Mattel. It's very weird to think of a time when Mattel had anyone to worry about, but they still did at this yeah. time. Wow, there were, you mean there were more toy companies than just Hasbro and Mattel? <laughs> there used to be more. But they, wow, all, that's incredible. They've all either been killed or bought. I think, I think Topper Toys was dissolved because it was bought. I think someone bought it and dissolved it. Which is like, what? that's what happened to Kenner too, didn't it? I think so, yeah. Someone wanted that sweet, sweet Star yeah, Wars so license. They were like, I need that Star Wars license, bro. <laughs> so anyway, Topper Toys, which no longer exists, went to the FCC and they did what 
any business rival do, they told mom, the FCC. They're like, well, they're not paying for time. <laughs> it's my turn with the Xbox. Well. Now, the problem is the FCC has no power over Mattel itself. Mattel's a mm-hmm. toy company. So it became ABC's problem, the network where the show aired. Oh, no. And they're like, hey, ABC, we're so sorry to bother you. It seems like you're airing a 30 minute commercial for toys. And ABC's, how fucking dare you? <laughs> they don't say Hot Wheels one fucking time in this fucking yeah, show. Yeah, they're like, they don't say Hot Wheels. They don't sell the toys. We have no prior arrangement with Mattel. This is completely out of order. And also, the National Association of Broadcasters has some words for you. And the FCC backed off for a little bit and then came back because Topper Toys was like, we're going to escalate this. And so FCC was like, come on, bro. So they, the agreement <laughs> was that they would log some of the showtime. I could not figure out how much because I, I went through two different books that talked about this. The Men Who Vendor Saturday and then the other book. Oh, God, I didn't write it down. was called Playing Fair or something. Also from the 80s. Mm-hmm. But they made the agreement that like, some of the showtime would be counted as mm-hmm. ad space hours. The reason this is such a big deal I think, and I couldn't find any evidence, but like, I think something was going on with ABC Mattel at the time is because ABC is not being paid ad space time. Yeah. They're giving away free time, essentially, to Mattel, which is a huge one for Mattel, because at this time, like, how much ad space a broadcaster has and can use is very, very, very monitored. Mm -hmm. But they get Mattel free ad space, essentially, to keep airing the show. It continues to air for two more seasons and runs until 1971. Damn. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Everyone got what they wanted. Mm-hmm. Hot Wheels are earth-shattering success. Change die-cast cars forever, right? The FCC is like, we thought of a clever solution, so broadcasters and toy companies never do this again. They do it again. Because <laughs> <laughs> we all know they do it again. They do it again, but a lot and also much yeah. more. Loomis is like, another, another win under the belt, baby. Also, I'm out of here. I have other shit to do. He leaves Mattel in 1970, but he is, don't worry. <laughs> so everybody's happy you know it's it's good everyone's everyone's feeling good it works out for everybody and it sort of becomes this like lull period in the industry like we all i think we all know what the next big thing is but it becomes this like where where do we go from here right about this new thing we discovered who's gonna pick mm-hmm. up the mantle next secret histories of nerd mysteries will be back after these messages The human mind can be tricky. Your mental health can be complex. Your emotional life can be complicated. So it helps to talk about it. I'm John Moe. Join me each week on my show, Depression Mode with John Moe. It's in-depth conversations about mental health with writers, musicians, comedians, doctors, and experts. Folks like Noah Khan, Sashir Zameda, and Surgeon General Vivek Murthy. We talk about depression, anxiety, trauma, imposter syndrome, and perfectionism. We have the kind of conversations that a lot of folks are hesitant to have themselves. Listen, and you won't feel as alone, and you'll have some laughs, too. Depression Mode for Maximum Fun at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries. Brenda. Yes. Did you know that Mattel turned down making toys for Star Wars? I did know that. I'm sure you did. <laughs> it's, their, it's their biggest, biggest shame. I know to this day. <laughs> someone from Mattel heard that sentence and they just groaned again. I know every day. <laughs> Every that has to be like in the guidebook when you become like an executive at Mattel is remind remember every day that we drop Star Wars. <laughs> that's a whole that's a whole other thing. We won't get into the weeds about yeah. that. 
<laughs> but we're back at Mattel. Mattel is like, we need to compete with this Star Wars thing. So they're like, what have you got for me? We need some ideas. We need like a fantasy guy. We need like a we need like a man guy with a sword. <laughs> Who could this possibly Who could this be? Possibly be? They eventually land on the line Masters of the Universe. I will not get too into the weeds about the development or authorship of He-Man. I don't know if you know, Brenda, but it's a hugely contested topic on who even made it. Yeah, they're just fighting the whole time. Like, who did this? Who did? I did it. No, I did it. It's like, oh, my God. There have been lawsuits and lawsuits (laughs) and disagreements and claims over who first designed He-Man. To, and Mattel's like, no one. <laughs> Mattel, I, Mattel's official answer is like, Mattel made He-Man. <laughs> Mattel birthed He-Man from the clay soil. From, no, from nowhere, <laughs> He-Man dropped into the sky for us to make money. Uh, some trial and error happens. They develop He-Man and they pick a design. They pick the name. They pick a marketing strategy. And these toys can compete with Star Wars. And Star Wars has this big story. We need a story. They're like, you know what? Mark Ellis, the marketing director at Mattel, says, you know what? We're going to make a mini comics that come with the toy that have this whole like backstory and like origin story. And it's going to contain all this like information. We're going to get Donald Glut to do it. Donald Glut's a prolific comic writer at this time who goes on to write the Star Wars novelization. Mm-hmm. They're like, this is going to be perfect. This is going to be great. Everyone will love it. He's <laughs> he's like calling up other distributors. He's like, hey, Jeffrey, the giraffe at Toys R Us. I have an idea for you. So it's this guy <laughs> called He-Man and he's Masters of the Universe, right? And we have these comics and Jeffrey drives like, kids don't fucking read. <laughs> kids don't fucking read. <laughs> they, they shut it down. They're like, we would not be interested because children aren't going to read those books. <laughs> like if this, if this is marketed at young boys, they're not going to read the comic inside. They're not going to want the toy. Boys don't read. <laughs> and it's like a very reductive idea, you know, but it's this idea of like, yeah. the kids aren't going to want the mini comic to understand the toy. They just want the toy. Like, how are you going to make them yeah. care about, all this story and this fantasy stuff like they're not going to get into all that they don't they're not going to read it toys r us is like i don't know how many will want that doesn't sound interesting to us so ellis <laughs> had a new idea you gotta go back to the drawing board and he thought of something that worked before for mattel television <laughs> that's what the tell and mattel stands that's what the for tell and mattel stands for mattelevision <laughs> <laughs> what happens when we don't have an idea Mattelevision. television it, fa- it never fails they originally funny enough you brought up filmation because that is who they talked to for this what started as a special feature film turned into two films turned into an entire series the canon event that is he-man and the masters of the universe first graced the airwaves in 1983 a year after the toy came out and i mean fuck man <laughs> <laughs> um to say it was big would be an understatement yeah. this is like this changes the course of pop culture as we know it to this day people are feral for this like and those mini comics no one would read those are still in print yeah. they sell a book of all of them and they're still mini it's this tiny little very mm-hmm. thick girthy book <laughs> for the christmas of the he-man and masters of the universe after the 83 cartoon people are having full mm-hmm. on jingle all the way turbo man action figure moments <laughs> to try and get these he-man toys there's a story of people waiting around in a macy's near the toy department to get he-man dolls as they go on the shelves for christmas that year and the employee comes out puts them up and then has to come back and recall them because all the boxes are marked wrong for the prices oh which Goodness. which at the time was not just so they like we'll just remark it because like remember like books aren't like digitized they have to like 
they have to go sit down and like call people to fix this. Yeah, this is pre-barcode. Meanwhile, there's like tons of customers like in a in a queue, yeah. foaming at the mouth, Scoot like losing their rabbit. fucking mind. They're like, if I don't get this toy <laughs> yeah. for my child, they will burn the house down. Because they've been watching this fucking Prince Adam every Saturday for the last 12 weeks. I need this toy. Fabulous Prince Adam. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was nuts. It was it was unseen before. He-Man in 1985 was the most popular show for all children ages 2 to 11. Oh my God. Do you want to know what Nielsen rating was, Brenda? Yes, I want to know. 10.9. Good Lord. <laughs> this, this show is nuts. And if anyone wants to know some Brenda Lower, I've had a Nielsen box mm-hmm. in my That's house. That's why I got that number. Just I I tracked down a like PDF scanned copy of the Nielsen ratings because I was like, Brenda will want to know the Nielsen rating. I will want to know. I'm the Nielsen person came to my house and was like, please let me explain this, like what this is. And I was like, I already know what this is, and I would love one. <laughs> let me tell you what this is. Oh ma'am, I'm not neurotypical. <laughs> I know what this <laughs> you don't have to explain. Is. Everyone in the rest of my apartment complex was like, "Please go away!" And I was like, "Are you the Nielsen lady?" <laughs> give, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, <laughs> give me, give me, give me that box. Give me that box. He Man and Masters of the Universe broke the idea of what TV could be. If people follow it in droves. You get GI Joe in '84. You get the Transformers show. You get the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles show. My Little Pony. My Little Care Pony. Bears. Care Bear. Like every. <laughs> Saturday morning cartoons are born at He-Man. Like they were, they were cartoons, and they happened on Saturday. Mm-hmm. They were not this, and we did not have the cartoon commercial yet. Yeah, because these toys got developed with in mind. Like we are going to make extra media to sell these toys with them. Period. Mm-hmm. That hadn't been done. That changes every. That changes the way TV happens. The way toys have. Like to this day, <laughs> like to, to, shows were canceled in the last decade over they don't sell enough toys. <laughs> Young Justice is the big yes. one. They were selling toys to the wrong demographic is what the yes. story, how the, the legend goes. Girls were buying action figures. Yes. Oh no. <laughs> like, Can't have that. It's wild to think that like He-Man was like the, the start of yeah. everything. You have G.I. Joe, which existed before the G.I. Joe show a long time before mm-hmm. it had been like retired. Like original G.I. Joe is like Barbie scale. Yeah. Like bigger doll. Didn't have a story to go with it. It was just you have to make up the story. Here's an army guy. Here he is. Go nuts. Nowadays, like pretty much every toy has a story yeah. that comes with it in some capacity. There's no just toy. Furbies have an intense history and lore and their own language. And it's like, this is a little creature that lives in my house. Like, <laughs> yeah. You're telling me he comes from an island inhabited by Furbies and they all speak Furblish to each other? Like, what are you like, saying? The idea that toy has lore is from He-Man. Like they made lore for He-Man because they, yeah. again- they wanted to compete with Star Wars, which had lore because it had a thing. And they were like, mm-hmm. if which I can understand their thinking, right? They're like, we're just a toy company. But if movies are going to start making toys for their movies, like we can't compete with the fact that you have a whole movie to make kids want your toy. Star Wars showed that kids want to make their own stories, their own fan fiction, if you will, <laughs> in these universes. So make them a universe yeah. to tell fan fiction in. And they did it. And I mean, TV, the idea of TV broken mattel for what mattel was doing with hot wheels they perfected it with this <laughs> because the fcc couldn't touch them they got away with it once and then they just broke television <laughs> they broke te- fcc doesn't really get involved in this until 1990 and i'm like they mm-hmm. just fucking ran around for the whole of the 80s irreparable damage to gen <laughs> x like because <laughs> in the 1990 uh, as we talked about before the the children's television acts 
is mm-hmm. enacted. And in 1991, they have hearings using that on these like 80s cartoons. And they're like, well, you know, they don't run ads for the for the toy during the cartoon, which is true. And they also weren't advertising the toy necessarily, which is true. Because He-Man yeah. was a character. Like they made a whole character. The problem with Hot Wheels is like Hot Wheels is a car. It's just like yeah. a thing. He-Man's a whole character. And they're just like telling a story with this character that they made that they're, and they're allowed to do that. They can do that. It really was pushing the boundaries on like what TV and cartoons could be doing for better or for mm-hmm. worse. And it also paved the way for the Saturday morning block, right? Like I can't air my He-Man ad during He-Man, but you have you have this turtle show. I can show my toy during that and you can show your toy during mine. Yeah. And it's technically not during my show airtime. And broadcasters are eating it up. They're like, we can, we can, we can, we can put all these shows on one day and kids will watch all fucking day. And also all yeah. of you want ad space on this day that we're now making the most expensive day incredible. We're just rolling in the dough. And we kind of got to exist in like the period after toy advertising mm-hmm. where they were like, people were still conditioned to watch cartoons around that time. Mm-hmm. So we did, we watched like, you know, like Animaniacs mm. and Tiny Toons and, and Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! And like all those things. But like, as kids got further away from the 80s, the having shows on Saturday morning when they could no longer advertise, it just kind of became less and less important. Because right. the act happened the year before we were born. So like, by the time we were around, they had the Children's Television Act. They had to like, they regulated like how much content it to be educational and the ads you can run and like, you know. All the, except in cable, which is why cable was like madness. But <laughs> yeah, all the cart- cartoons just kind of went to yeah, cable. Yeah, they're like, like, oh, okay, we're just going to do, we have this new thing we make called cable. Do you, do you oversee that? No, that seems weird, but okay, we're going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> really think you should maybe be paying attention to what's happening over there. <laughs> There's some wild shit going on, guys. It's some really fucking weird shit, guys. Have you heard of Bobby's World? What the <laughs> fuck is that? Eek the cat. What? Really weird shit, guys. So early on in our show history, Brenda, we talked about why they use Saturday morning for cartoons. And now we now we know how we got to Saturday morning <laughs> cartoons. And I feel like one, like, there's no, like, who. There's no, like, you know, the where part is easy. I don't know if we do, like, a who of Saturday morning cartoons and talk about Bernard Loomis or fucking, like, there's already a whole show on He-Man. But I don't know. There's, like, I feel like we got to do all the W questions now for Saturday morning cartoons one day. Yeah, because like we can kind of just break it down into multiple episodes. It's tr- and- truly, truly not not a lick of like overspeak. I forgot the word for what I'm <laughs> saying, but like it earth shattering change to the world was <laughs> the world. was He Man and Masters of the Universe, which is so funny because it's shows it's a show that I never like because they still ran reruns when we were kids. I never really got into it. I was more of a Thundercats kid. Same. I, I didn't watch He-Man at all. I didn't watch She-Ra at no. all. But nowadays I watch the He-Man and She-Ra Christmas special because it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> Skeletor learns the meaning of Christmas. I'm screaming. <laughs> it's so Like good. I watched like the new He-Man and She-Ra. Yeah. New She-Ra is great. So like we could just talk about She-Ra, like the concept of She-Ra. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it is true. Like, you know, sometimes people ask like how we stay in this like nostalgia block and i'm like it's not even that it's just like so much happened between the 60s and 80s and and a little bit the 90s that just like and that's why this happened and it's what you know they we want to sell cars to kids let's make a cartoon Hmm, that worked a lot what if we did it again oh shit (laughs) and because of this small this act that probably seemed like kind of small and like maybe ingenious at that 
point has made it so every Gen X person on the planet is like feral for like He-Man yeah. or Ghostbusters or G.I. Joe. They are feral Ninja for Ninja Turtles. Like, like we wouldn't the, yeah, the Ninja Turtles the Ninja Turtles would not be what they are today if He-Man didn't get made, because then they never get a cartoon to sell toys. Exactly. Like by the time they came around, it was just what you yeah. did. And honestly, I mean, we've already talked about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And we need to be wrapping this up soon, but it, it should not have gotten a show. No. It was not for kids. No. <laughs> like who who was no. like how about we make toys? We, hey, we said it in the episode, I don't remember his name, but some guy read the book and was like, I could sell toys of this if I completely change it. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I love the bones of this, but what if we took the meat off the bones <laughs> and then put new meat there? He's like, like what? he was like, I get, I bet I can convince these two like young comic artists to sell me this license for cheap, and he was right. <laughs> they they really needed money. <laughs> yeah, they they he fucking works. The only one, listen, I always forget the other guy's name, but Kevin Eastman's like, I don't want to sell it for cash. I want a stake in it. And hey, you he, he made hey, the right call. Buddy. <laughs> You were, you saw into the future and you were like, I know how to get pie forever. Yeah. More little story. Don't sell it for cash. Get pie forever. Yep. Masters of the universe. Thank you everyone for listening to this episode of Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries. Our music was provided by Esperanza Asturion and you can find more of her work at knifenun.bandcamp.com. Our introduction was narrated by Greg Aronica and you can find him at Cafe3G on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can find us at Nerd Mysteries on Twitter, Blue Sky, and TikTok. The show is edited every week by Brenda Snell. If you love this show, please remember to leave us a five-star review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you consume your podcast content. This podcast is a proud part of the Maximum Fun Podcast Network. See you for the next mystery, Mistorians! Maximum Fun, a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows Supported directly by you.